November 5th, 2021. We're in Masechet Rosh Hashanah and Daf Yod Aleph Amud Bet. This morning's class, as well as all the classes this week, were donated by Jenny and Joey Levy in honor of the birth of their baby daughter. We're in Masechet Rosh Hashanah and Daf Yod Aleph Amud Bet. And if you count from the bottom, it's two, four, six, eight, ten lines up from the bottom. The third word on the line, if you recall, the Gemara was concluding its conversation with regards to Rabbi Li'ezer and Bi'oshua. Rabbi Li'ezer told us the world was created in Tishrei. Rabbi Yoshua said in Nisan. It says the Gemara here, third word on the line, Ve'azdu leta'amayu. Each of them follows their opinions in a different context. Now, it's not a perfect equation with regards to following their opinions because what the Gemara is about to tell us, as we discussed yesterday, is that their vision of the Mabul of Noah was identical to creation of the world. It need not line up, right? In other words, it could be the world was created in Tishrei and the Mabul began in Nisan, or the world was created in Nisan and the Mabul began in Tishrei. The fact that they do line up, what we discussed and mentioned very briefly at the end of the class yesterday, is that the Mabul in many ways is very much associated and equated by the Torah with creation of the world. There was a decreation with the Mabul, and in turn there was a recreation, it was a redo. So it stands to reason then, as the Gemara says, that if your opinion is the world was created in Tishrei, then the recreation of the world would be in Tishrei as well, and so too with Nisan. Says the Gemara, after all, the Beraita tells us, Detanya, citing the pasuk at the beginning of the Mabul, Bishnat Shesh Meot Shana Lehaye Noah, Bahodesh Hasheni, Bishiva Asar Yom Lahodesh. That's the description of when the heavens open up, when the rain begins to come down. When is it? It's the second month and the seventeenth day. <coughs> what month is that? Rabbi Yoshua Omer Otohayom, that day when the Mabul began, it was Yodzayin Bi'iyar. It's the seventeenth day of the second month of the count from Nisan. That's Rabbi Yoshua. We're used to Rabbi Yoshua. Rabbi Yoshua says the world was created in Nisan, and as a result, he aligns himself with regards to understanding Mabul Noah as taking place on the 17th of the second month from Nisan, meaning Iyar. Now, generally speaking, uh, the Mazal, the constellation, which we'll discuss very briefly, although you might see on the left-hand side of your page, Rashi spends a lot more time than I will in my few lines of description. In, this is the famous Rashi where he goes through the 12 mazalot, the 12 constellations <coughs> that are the traditional in the eyes of the rabbis who talk from time to time about astrology. But anyway, what this description over here is, uh, you need not think further than the month of Heshvan and the month of Iyar. The month of Heshvan, which we... I could have said yesterday, we find ourselves in, is certainly a month of rain. So it's an appropriate time for us to envision rain coming down. As a result, if we're to envision further the constellations which are in effect at that time, which in the eyes of the rabbis are affecting not only the way today they talk about them, your personality, but they affect as well the seasons. Well, that's the month of Heshvan. This is an interesting thing. So if this mazal of Kima, which is generally most operative or most, uh, most powerful, let's call it, in the month of Heshvan was effective in the month of Iyar, it means the month of Iyar, although that's generally after Pesach, you know, the time, the seasons are nice outside, it's not so cold, it's not raining all that much, maybe a little bit, but not like this time of the period of the year. So you'd imagine this constellation, which is generally in effect in Heshvan, 
Cheshvan, if we're really talking about the second month from Nisan, something's off kilter. That's not the regular season. As a result, his statement is over here. It was Mazal Kima Shokat Bayom, generally speaking, during ER, that constellation in terms of its effect is setting during the day. And therefore, ma'ayanot mit ma'atin, the springs, the natural springs and, and the like, are generally speaking diminished during the month of Iyar. And uh, this time around, in that 600th year of the life of Noah, this, the Mabul begins, and this constellation, which generally is most effective earlier in the year, during the time of Heshvan, was in effect in Iyar, mitoch sheshinu ma'asehen, since Dor uh, HaMabul, since the people during the time period of Noah, uh, was uh, they changed, they were, became corrupt in their ways. The seasons were changed upon them as well. This constellation of Kima took effect at the wrong time period of the year, at the time period of Iyar. You acted strangely. You were corrupt in your ways. You went against your natural way. I will change, says God, the natural way of the world. I'll bring forth the force, the power of Mazal Kima. At this time period, specifically the description of the Gemara, if it hadn't been enough and enough out there in terms of describing constellation as having an effect on our seasons, says the Gemara, the Midrash, he took two stars from that constellation and through the whole of those two stars certainly even then not to be taken literally there doesn't need to be room in the stars in order for rain to come down you have to understand this on some sort of other level but the description is from removing those two that so to speak where he let the water funnel through to the world that we live in well that being the description that's the first opinion the opinion of Rabbi Yehoshua it's very understandable according to Rabbi Yehoshua what changed during that time period right it was a very irregular occurrence the fact that the rain began heavy rain 40 days and 40 nights and then the rain and then the water from the ground rising up of course 50 days that's very strange not only because it's a deluge that we've never seen it's the wrong time period of the year for that to take place during, that's Rabbi Yoshua's opinion. Says the Gemara onward. They are certainly speaking along those lines. Anytime you're going to talk about astrology in the eyes of the Hachamim, it's not the constellations per se working on their own. It's, it's angels in correspondence with God and so forth. Again, you know, I'm not. Uh, I, I leave this for the for the Hulk guys to to define better for us. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to elide this as much as I can and just, you know, get get to the the, the lowest level of Pishat in the Gemara. So as the Gemara onward, the second opinion Bili Ezer Omer. It was not the 17th of Iyar, but he's counting, of course, from the month of Tishrei. As a result, the Mabul begins on the 17th of Hashvan. I can't tell you for certain, but I imagine this year, the 17th of Hashvan, based on my memory of that month, we had our own Mabul. I mean, it was just raining every day last month. So it was very appropriate, of course, 40 days and then 50 more. I mean, this is not appropriate. It was not natural. But in terms of the season, it was very appropriate. Okay, that's the way, this Mazal Kima, which would be already in effect in the month of Heshvan. That's the constellation time period. That's the season of Heshvan to have strong springs, to have a colder weather. 
to have rain falling more regularly. And continues Rabbi Ezer in a little bit of a surprising way, which the Gemara will question in just a moment. He says they changed their ways. All right, we knew that already. As a result, the Kadosh Baruch Hu changed his ways. Not really. I mean. What's that? It rains anyway. That's going to be the question of the Gemara. The question of the Gemara is, you didn't really change it. You didn't change the Ma'asei Bereshit, the constellations. No, this is the rain period. Again, I'm, I'm taking us away from specifically focusing on the constellations because what the constellations amount to for us is the season. And as a result, Mar Heshvan is already that period when it's raining. So what do you mean, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shina Ma'asei Of course, the simple answer, although the Gemara will go further, the simple interpretation is it's a Mabul. Okay, it's true, it rained a lot in Heshvan this year, maybe last year and the year before. We didn't have Mabul. So when the Gemara, when Rabbi Ezra's statement is, Shina HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ma'asei he changed the ways of creation, it means he brought an overabundance of rain. But the Gemara will get even more creative and will say, no, no, he shifted it, he changed it, even more than just bringing 40 days of rain, uh, there was more to it, even in terms of that rain during that time period, qualitatively, it was an unnatural, a supernatural rain. Continues the Gemara and says, our question, which we've just been addressing, according to Bioshua, before our question, according to Bioshua, who argues, whose opinion is that the Mabul begins in the month of Nisan, in the Torah, we're counting from Nisan. It's true, this is before the Torah, before you see Amisrai more specifically, and as a result, maybe and not counted from Nisan, but we're in the Torah. And the Torah, when it gives you stam without explaining what month it is, you have to imagine it's counting from Rishonu Lechoche Hachana. What's that? The month of Nisan. So I understand why the Torah, in just an easy way, calls it the second. Why would you call it the second month? The second month from what? You can tell me from the creation of the world. That's a little odd. Why would the Torah detail a year in account from creation of the world? After all, we're describing the years of Noah's life specifically. That's what the Pasuk says. Pasuk says in the 600th year of his life. If you tell me that we're counting from the years as how we, as how we, how we generally associate them starting from Nisan, it's understood. His years of life were from creation of the world. I am aware that today, generally speaking, the way we do count it on a Ketubah, we put years from from the time of creation of the world. But in the Torah, it's just an irregular thing. And as a result, turns the Gemara to Rabili Ezer and says, Rabili Ezer, why is all of a sudden the count, or why is specifically here the count from creation of the world? There has to be a different significance to first being Tishrei, and as a result, second being Heshvan. Mar Heshvan says the Gemara, my Sheni. What is Sheni? Rabbi Ezer answers, Rabbi Ezer, Sheni Ladin. It's the second month after Yom Haddin. Yom Haddin, we're well aware from our practice of Rosh Hashanah, is Alf Betishrei. The Mishnah, again, on Daftet Zayin Amud Aleph, says so explicitly. It says that the world, says called by Olam, says the people of the world in the Mishnah, and then the Gemara describes even further. That's the time of judgment. That is the month of judgment as a result. It's a description of Rishon Ladin. It's more appropriate in the context of Mabul Noah. You have to imagine that if there's Din on Rosh Hashanah, Alf Betishrei, so that's for each individual, it's for the world at large, it means in that year when you're looking at quite a Din, this is clearly a godly intervention, a divine uh, pronouncement upon the world of a Mabul and a destruction, 
What are you going to be counting from? Says Beliezer, I'm very proud of my opinion. I'm counting from the Yom Hadin for what's taking place right now. You know, in other words, it shapes up that although it appeared as if he was the harder to understand opinion, why would you possibly be counting from Aleph Petishrei, from creation of the world? His response is you know, so much more convincing now. He's counting from the day of the pronouncement of the Mabul, so to speak. Aleph Petishrei says the Gemara onward, Bishlama Lerbioshua, Hainu Dishina. According to Rabbi Hoshua, who argues that the first month was the month of Nisan, the second month, the beginning of the Mabul, the 17th of that day, was Iyar, that's the Shinui. That was the change. That's what we said earlier. That's not the season of rain. Season of rain is now, not after Pesach. And Lerbili Ezra, but Rabbi Ezra had an identical statement. My Shina, at the top of the page, it said, Umitok Shashinu Ma'asehem. It says that even according to Rabbi God had to change or wanted to change the ways of nature in some way. Didn't change it all that much. Hashvan is already the time of rain. It says the Gemara Kedrav Hasta. Perhaps this is this is um, this is hinting to the opinion of Rav Hasta. The Amar of Hasta. Rav Hasta imagined the following: Berotchin Kilkelu, Berotchin Nidonu. The sin of Dor HaMabul, uh, the, generally speaking, the, the assumption is when there's an Avera, we'll, we'll specify a little bit further as to, in my opinion, how the Hachamim know that over here. When there's an Avera, that's an egregious one. In the Torah, you're referring to Zenut. You're referring to inappropriate sexual relations. When you refer to, to sexual relations in general, there's a certain heat, body heat, which is associated with it. And as a result, says Rabbi Ezer, or says the Gemara from Rav Hasta, since their sin was begun and run through a certain heat, so too their punishment was with a certain heat. What are you talking about? I thought the punishment was with rain. That's right, it was a boiling hot rain. How does he know again, how do we know that the, the, the sin over here was a sexual sin? First and foremost, generally speaking, egregious sin in the Torah is the lustful, desirous one, which is zenut. That's just a general assumption. But there's even more than that, I think, by the Mabul. The description is, It's the beginning of the parashat. Noah describes how there's a destruction of existence, it's destruction of living beings. You're right, Rabbi. Even the animal says the Midrash says Rashi. How does Rashi know that? Okay, from the word kolbasar. But how do you know that's in a sexual way? Maybe the animals are, I don't know, stealing from one another, killing one another. What I've suggested is the following. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure it's suggested by many others. Is quite simply, in the description of creation, we know little with regards to most of the animal kingdom and to human beings in terms of what we are. We can look carefully in the Torah throughout to understand our mission. But what we do know is the creation of each each particle of existence and each living entity in existence in Parashat Bereshit constantly has appended to it Liminam, Liminehu, Liminam, which means according to their species, which means to say that in the most simple, biological, natural Maaseh Bereshit way, we are supposed to mate with our like kind. That's the description. That's what Liminam means. You're going to reproduce with your kind. As a result, if you say they destructed their way, well, what's their way? Their way. The only clue I can have, the easiest clue, is to turn back to Barashat Bereshit. What's the way? Well, the way is to mate with your kind and to reproduce and bring forth a continuity. What's that? Well, there's a mission Again, the Midrash is after this fact. That's right. I'm saying, why is that? It's not in the Torah, your statements in the Midrash. That's their condition. They're going to make according to their time. I'm going to bring forth future continuity and so forth. Why so? Where did the Hachamim see it? I'm just suggesting. And the animals, 
That's right. I'm suggesting it's in the text. You understand? All, my, my only addition is to say, if their kol ha'aretz is screaming at you, it screamed at the hachamim, to say something was wrong in terms of their way. How do I define their way? Say the hachamim. Well, they don't tell us this part. This is the part I'm filling in. Well, look back to what the way, the natural way is supposed to be. Parashat Bereshit tells me every time, liminam, 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 the reproductive way is going to be with your species. It means when you're hishchit kol bazaret dar kol you're going against your way. That's a sexual wrongdoing. That's zenut, and it's a zenut not only amongst human beings, it's kol basar, it's all flesh. It's the entirety of existence in some way or another. Anyway, says the Gemara again, kizarav hastad, amarav hastad berot hin kilkelu. It was with that body heat, that extreme body heat that they sinned. Their sin with zinut was a way of overheating their body or running with the heat of their body. And their punishment in turn was with heated water. He's not just imagining it. He's going to find the remes pasuka as well. On the one hand, the pasuk says, when the water subsided, after the, ma- after the mabul, vayashoku hamayim. The word is an interesting word, vayashoku, which again simply means to subside, to go down. Uchtiv hatam, and then in the context of melech ahashverosh, after his, uh, his uh, difficult time with his first wife, with vashti, excuse me, later on after his encounter with Haman, the pasuk says, vahamat melech shachacha. That's the same shorish, right? Vayashoku and shachacha. What does shachacha mean over there? As well, it means when his anger went down. Anger, of course, is when our body and our face and our being becomes heated up. So it's not just going down. What did he go down? His mood went down. His heat went down. And his temperature went down. Exactly. And so too, the vayashoku amahim, says Rav Hastab meant not only uh, physically did they subside and kind of settle into the, the earth, uh, but they went down in temperature. They were boiling hot. That's the description of Rav Hastab. Why did the Gemara mention this over here? It mentioned it over here because according to the Bili Ezer, if you recall, according to the Bili Ezer, the Mabul began in Tishrei. It means that the second month was Hashvan. So how come he said that God changed the ways of Bereshit, of creation, in order to bring forth the Mabul? Nothing was changed. It is the month of rain. It is the time of rain. He explains. He changed it because the rain was not just cold water. It was hot water. Says the Gemara Tanu Rabbanan. What's the Halakha from the Beraita? Not Halakha. What's the way with regards to counting? What do we count from? What is that first month? Hachmei Yisrael monim lamabul The general approach of Hachmei Yisrael is when you look at the Mabul and you imagine the first month, you follow the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer that the first month was the month of Tishrei, but then when it comes to counting Tkufa, meaning the seasons, meaning the alignment of sun and moon and earth, we go like Rabbi Yehoshua explains Rashi, what seems to be the approach over here is, we accept creation of the world from Nisan, like Rabbi Yehoshua, as a result, the fourth day when the sun and moon are placed in the heavens, that's going to be the time that we're going to imagine as the beginning alignment of sun, moon, <laughs> earth, and so forth. And as a result, we're going to go for Tkufa, like Rabbi Yehoshua. Why are we following Rabbi Eliezer with regards to uh, with regards to counting in the Torah? Well, we do know in the Torah that Nisan is Rishonu the Hoche Nisan has a significant. Excuse me, for Tishrei, we do know that Tishrei is a significant 
Tera as well. We saw it's Rosh Hashanah, Lishmitin, Liyovlot. As a result, again, we have this mix. On the one hand, for a practical direction, we go like Rabbi Eliezer, we count from Tishrei. In terms of our historical consciousness, so to speak, we understand the world as having been created in Nisan. It's a little counterintuitive because we do Rosh Hashanah and Tishrei every year. Okay, what's that? We do the opposite. We do the, well, kind of the opposite. Yeah, I, what can I tell you? Uh, but uh, conceptually, as I mentioned, conceptually we still can and do accept that although although Din is Tishrei, uh, in terms of how we'll envision or we continuously envision our relationship with the world, the relationship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu with the world is a Nisan Rahamim perspective. Yes, yes. Certainly, it all began with that. That's Azdul Ta'amayu. They disagree when the world was created. I'll remind you how that, that was the beginning of this whole thing on Davyoda Mudbet at the very bottom. Tanya, and so forth. And then Rabbi Yoshua Benisan. Now, I will remind you that the Tosafot and Daf Kabzayin Amudalif and our Masech it says, but they really agree with one another. Really agree. One said Tishrei, one said Nisan. Says Tosafot from Rabbeinu Tam Elavayilu Devreilim Chayim. They're both true. They're both the words of the living God. How so? One of them was the thought of God to create in Tishrei. The other one was the actual creation in Nisan which we suggest it has conceptual importance to us. One speaks to an ideal, the other one speaks to a reality. But that's what's playing out over here. According to Rashi's reading of the Gemara, the Tkufa means we imagine world in its realistic way. And as a result, I look at it as creation from Nisan. The Mabul, the Din time, those other sorts of counts, Shmitin and Yovlot, will go from Tishrei, from the Allah b'machshava. Okay, so continues the Gemara, it says, but we disagree with Hakmeh Umot Ha'olam, the uh, wise ones of the nations, non-Jews, Monin Afla Mabul, Kirbi Yoshua, they don't have such a concept of Tishrei. For them to envision a Din perspective, for them to be able to see the world through a, to, to refract it through a Tishrei perspective, is far into them, anything and everything they see as a Nisan, a human construct, and as a result, all countings for them, they don't have Shemitah, they don't have Yovel, they don't have Gezirah Shavawi, Arandav Chet, everything for the Chachmei Umot Ha'olam will be determined, says the Gemara in this Beraita for us, from the month of Nisan. That ends this long, protracted conversation to scream between Biliez and Bioshua. We now make our way back to the Mishnah briefly, because we quickly go into a Beraita. The Mishnah, if you recall, told us about the Rosh Hashanah, Lashmitin, Vila Yovlot, Vila Yerakot, and so all right, and so now the Gemara will begin by citing a Beraita and saying, there's a little bit more. We saw this earlier when we were talking about a different date in that Mishnah. But over here, the Aleph Betishre says the Gemara, we have a Beraita which adds on to the count or to the list of matters which are determined by the first of Tishre. Here it is. It says the Gemara Tana, the Beraita adds on, it says La Yerakot, which our Mishnah has, Vila Ma'asrot, adds on and for the tithings, and for vows. All of these need to be defined. I mean, we've seen similar words at uh, specific times. We want to define them. Says the Gemara, let's define each of these in the Beraita, and in turn, we'll reflect backwards and ask on our Mishnah, why didn't our Mishnah mention this specifically? When the, Mishnah, when the Beraita says that Aleph B'Tishrei is the first day, is the Rosh Hashanah for Yerakot, for vegetables, what are you referring to? Mayninhu, what are they? Ma'asar yarak, or ma'asar yerek. It's the tithing of vegetables. That's right, your cucumbers and so forth. Says the Gemara, if that's what it means, vila yerakot, hainu ma'asrot. That's identical to the next word in the Beraita, ma'asrot. 
What are you referring to? If not to tithing your, taking a tenth from your growth in your field. In fact, the primary text in the Torah of Aser Te'aser, it's called Azarecha Yoseh Shana, Yoseh Asadeh Shana Shana, is in the context of growth in the field. It's not in the context of animals. We have to make a, a complicated dirasha of Aser uh, Te'aser. There are two types of Ma'asrot for the animals and for the vegetables, and they're similar to one another. But vegetables seems to be the primary Ma'asrot. What's the difference? between Ma'asir Yerik and Ma'asrot. Point taken. Nathan says, I already uh, revealed my cards. I'm not a great... Uh, I don't have a good poker face. He says, if you listen to the Pasuk, I talked about Tvu'atzarech. I talked about the grains of the field. All right. Hold that thought for just a moment. But pretend I didn't. So over here, so says the Gemara, what's the difference between Ma'asir and Yerakot? It's all the same thing. Says the Gemara, Tana de Rabbanan ve de Oraita. Our Beraita is mentioning both Maaser Yerakot, taking a tenth from your vegetables, which is only a rabbinic obligation, and it furthermore mentions Maasrot, which would be referring to your grains, which is a biblical from the Torah uh, obligation. How so? As I just mentioned, the Pasuk in the Torah says, Tivuatzarecha. It never mentions your cucumbers and your gourds and your pumpkins. Or I don't know. I don't know what that is. But I mean, it never mentions all the vegetables, right? So where'd the vegetables come from? Those are from the rabbis. That's midrabbanan. The only hayuf from the Torah is the tivua, is the tirosh, is some sev- several others. But that's what you're talking about when you talk about growth from the field. The hachamim extended it. The hachamim obligate us in in vegetables as well. As a result, when we mention separately yerakot and then maasrot. We're mentioning the rabbinic obligation, that of Yerakot, your vegetable garden, and furthermore, Ma'asrot, the grains that will be the, the wheat and the barley and so forth. Says the Gemara, that's a little strange way to mention it in the Biraita, because let's just look two lines up again. It says, Tana, here's my list, Yerakot and Ma'asrot. If you tell me Yerakot is the rabbinic obligation, Ma'asrot is the biblical one, you should flip it. We mentioned God, generally speaking, I'd hope, before the rabbi says the Gemara, You should mention the Hayyuv Minat Torah, Ma'asrot, at the beginning. Answers the Gemara, you're right. We just got very excited over here. You know, when you hear Hidush, something that you didn't know, something that didn't meet the eye in the text, it was a rabbinic or a rabbi or your friend's addition to the text. That's what you mentioned. We all know this. We talk more about interpretations to the Torah oftentimes than the Torah itself. Our additions to the Torah are more exciting for us than the simple interpretation of it. So that's the Gemara. Aideh, since the Havivale, since it's a Haviv, it's beloved. We're excited to hear the words of the rabbis first or excited to hear their explanation, Akdema, we mentioned it first, not to say that it's more important, not to say that it takes precedence, but just to say, this is, that's the, it, it took precedence in our listing because it excited us more. Says the Gemara of Tanadidan, what about the author of our Mishnah? Author of our Mishnah never mentioned each of these. Author of our Mishnah, if you recall, mentioned Ma'asrot, mentioned Nitiah, mentioned Yirakot, it didn't mention, um, if you, I'll just read to you very briefly our Mishnah. It leaves out the Ma'asrot. Are you telling me our Mishnah mentions the rabbinic obligation and leaves out the biblical one? You're telling me Yirakot means Midrabbanan, Ma'asrot means Min Torah. Our Mishnah only mentions Yirakot. So our Mishnah, I wanted to catch you. So it mentioned the more exciting one. What's that? The Drabbanan. And you'd read the Drabbanan and you'd, in your mind, say, oh, if I'm obligated in my rabbinic 
ma'asrot with regards to the cutoff day being Aleph Betishrei. Certainly they're mimicking, they're mirroring the Hayuv Min HaTorah on the grain. And so the Mishnah, in its brevity, in its search for using as few words as it could, generally speaking, just mentions Yerakot, the Dirabbanan, and you would know Kol Shekhen, certainly the Deoraita. Says the Gemara, but I still have a little bit of difficulty in this Biraita, because the Biraita is speaking in plural. It said Ma'asrot. It said Yerakot. According to your interpretation, it should be Yerik. Ma'aser Yerik. It should be Ma'aser. What's Ma'asrot? What's Yerakot? Which, of course, seems to imply more than one. So, Velitne Ma'aser. Why didn't the Beraita say simply Ma'aser? That's it. Sufficient to mention it as Ma'aser. Answers the Gemara. Had Ma'aser Behema Had Ma'aser Dagan. The Beraita is referring with that word ma'asrot to the two biblical obligations with regards to taking a tenth. It's one, ma'asir dagan, your grain. That much we understood, it's what we've been addressing. The other one is ma'asir behema. In our Mishnah, we had a mahloket. If it's in Elul, if it's in Tishrei, we weren't exactly certain when ma'asir behema. So the Beraita over here is grabbing one of the opinions and assuming that ma'asrot, both ma'asir behema and ma'asir dagan, or called tevu'ah, are a hiyuv, or their cutoff date is on Aleph Betishrei. Okay, last issue I have, velitne yerek. Why does the Beraita say yerakot? Answers the Gemara, terek avne yerek. The truth is, there are two types of vegetables. Now keep in mind, we're talking about a hiyuv midrabbanan to begin with. Even within these bibli- the rabbinic obligation of ma'asir from yerek, there are two types. Now the way it works with ma'asrot, would go and does go as follows. An obligation on your growth to take ma'asir only sets in at the time that we call gemar melacha. When you finish the processing from the field, that's when the, usually, generally speaking, the most simple interpretations, when I gather it all together, but I want it to be the absolute last stage. So when it comes to the grain, oftentimes it's when you smoothed over the top. Each one of these vegetables, or different types of vegetables, would have different stages in which you considered at the end. What's the difference? What's the end? Well, again, I said to you, that's when it sets in the obligation. So, for example, if I'm picking the uh, tomatoes out in the field and I'm feeling uh, very possessed that I want to eat some of these tomatoes, from the Torah, before I finish the processing, bring them all in, what I can do is I can do a tomato party. I can invite everyone. We can eat to our heart's desire without taking any maaser. And there's no guilt and there's no aftermath of how do I take maaser. It was not obligated maaser. Pick it off the tree and enjoy it. That was and is the halakha. Midrabbanan, you can't have a Se'udat keva, you can't have a permanent meal. You can have a se'udat arai, so you could take a bite out of it. You can't invite your friends and have a party with the tomatoes, but you could eat the tomatoes. Well, that being the case, there are different types of vegetables with regards to their processing. Says, says the Berait, says the Gemara, the Beraita is mentioning it in plural to tell you that irrespective of the type of vegetable that you're picking, whether it's the type of vegetable that ends its processing in one way, or a vegetable which ends its processing in another, de- another way, there cutoff date with regards to the, the the count of this is my year of produce I'm now going to take a tenth of it is identical, it is Aleph B'Tishrei do we understand? In other words, I'm going to envision the vegetables as different types of people that's one type of people, person another type of person, maybe they have different dates for when they're judged, no it's all on the same date, we're not talking about judgment, we're talking about cutoff date with regards to the count of my produce, Ditnan, after all the Mishnah says, Yerek HaNe'egad Mishye'aged, she'eno ne'egad mishimale takeli. 
We'll go backwards over here. There are certain types of vegetables are mishi similar to the words of, uh, of, of, of Jared earlier. It's from when you fill up the basin that you're collecting them in. Once it's filled up, you consider that the end of the processing of bringing it in. That's when the ma'asef, for certain types of vegetables work. There are other types of vegetables which are ne'egad, they're bound one to the other. Before you bind them one to another, it's not done with its processing. It's not ready to then be brought off. It's not ready in your mind, it hasn't finished its process. Each of those will set in with regards to their hayuv ma'asef based on the activity. Wait a second, how do I now envision the cutoff date with regards to my produce from this past year? Maybe they're different. It's certainly going to be dependent upon when I finish it, but as a result, if I finish this one before Aleph B'Tishrei and the other one before Aleph B'Tishrei, maybe they have different cutoff dates later on. After all, we're describing them as different with regards to their laws, how to determine their end in a personal sense. Maybe objectively they have a different cutoff date as well. With regards to Aleph B'Tishrei, the Rosh Hashanah La Yer, that's the Hidush of the Biraita, that it's not so. All Ma'asrot, all Yerakot have the same cutoff date. And what is that? Aleph Betishre. So, to summarize what we see in this last segment of the Gemara, the Biraita added for us. Not only Yerakot, but Ma'asrot as well. We discussed what's the difference between Yerakot and Ma'asrot. We answered the difference between Hiyuv Minat Torah, Hiyuv Minat Rabbanan, Ma'asrot, Ma'asar Deganecha, Tiroshecha, Vyisarecha, Tivuat Zarecha, Yosehshana Shana. Parenthetically, before I just finish this, Tosafot and Dafheta Mudalif asked, What's the source for this? I know you imagine the Gemara is going to bring us a source, Alf Betishre. We've been doing that throughout. The Gemara leaves out the sourcing on this. So we're talking about a hayu from the Torah. How do you know that's the date? Answers Tosafot, the Gemara must be assuming similar to what we've been doing beforehand. We had this Gezerah Shabbat throughout. Remember Shana, Shana, right? When you have the word Shana, you link it up to another Shana. Over here, the Pasuk I keep telling you is Azer Ta'azer. There's the Shana. It links it up. It tells you Aleph Bet Tishrei. The Gemara tells us that's true, both with regards to Ma'as. It's true even with regards to one type of ma'asrot as opposed to, and, and just as much so with regards to the other types of ma'asrot. Baruch Adonai Amen ve